welcome to the Spirit Guide Society podcast. My name is Pedro Shanahan and I'm your spirit guide. Tonight in the Whiskey Society at Seven Grand, we had Rob Dietrich in the house bringing blackened American whiskey to market. What is that? It's Metallica's whiskey and it is sonically enhanced. What does that mean? I'm talking about black noise. You can't even understand what I'm saying because all of the heavy metal that is playing in the background. Be sure to enjoy this podcast responsibly. That means don't spill a drop. Share it with your friends. Stay humble. Cheers to you. Thanks, Rob. Yep. Thank you. Well, here we are in the Spirit Guide Society podcast. Tonight in the Whiskey Society, we're talking with Rob Dietrich, former master distiller of Stranahan's. Stranahan's. Stranahan's, yes. Why do I want to throw that? I always do that. It's, It's... Anyway, moving on. Stranahan's, the most famous Colorado whiskey, and that you yeah. helped make all of that happen. That was the last time you were through the podcast. We had you here at Seven Grand, and the recording got... The audio got messed up. Yeah, yeah. It, it got uh, corrupted. Corrupted, it there got we go. corrupted. Ooh, somebody must so have slipped dirty. a 20 bucks or something. Yeah, something. It, it, I think it was worse than graph. Graft. <laughs> Worse than Graft. It was much worse than Graft, no? Um, I don't know. You listened to it. At any rate, we have you back. But now you are the master blender for Blackened, yes. which is uh, Metallica's venture into the whiskey world. It, now, if you don't know who Metallica is, I'm sorry. But it's okay. Just go get Injustice for All. It's great classic grab the black album it's a magnum opus in its own right absolutely of the metal world but also you know all the great songs ride the lightning master of puppets one one yeah i mean there's there's Um, there's so many good ones um death creeping creeping death creeping Creeping death death. yeah so many great Heartwarming songs. <laughs> I mean that. It, it makes yeah. my heart. My, it's like oh, I'm, I'm getting excited. We haven't even started drinking whiskey. Well, yet. it takes me to my happy place too. I, you know, I was a fan of Metallica when I was. You know, first time I heard them, I think was in seventh grade, and I was like, "What is this?" Yeah, you know, this is mind blown. I think it was "Master of Puppets" was the first song I heard. <laughs> I was like, "Wow." <laughs> well, I, I grew up playing in a in a punk band in the Northwest, and Birdie Jew, up in Oregon, and. Uh, so I was more of like the kind of like punk rock thing and yeah. not the biggest metal fan, but then there were songs like, yeah, Master of Puppets and it was just like, it kind of shredded all boundaries, but it was just such an undeniably powerful song. That yeah, it's just, just like, that is punk rock. As long as it's like just shredding like that, then yeah, it exactly. can't be denied. It's, it's epic. I mean, it's so epic. I kind of went the other direction. I started with metal and then I went to punk. <laughs> so I was, I was going the other direction with it. So how did this project start? Well, this was, you know, the band had been thinking about making, you know, coming up with a whiskey uh, for a while. But one of the things that I've always been impressed with with the band is that they're, you know, they are, everything they do is quality. You know, they're, they're everything they do is they lay down a track. Everything is about using the, the best equipment, the, um, the, you know, the best process to, to make their music. They didn't want to just buy a cheap whiskey and slap a Metallica name on it. You know, they, 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 um, 
one of the things that I've always been impressed with is their their loyalty to their fans and 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 vice versa. The, the, the fans are loyal to them; they're just as loyal to the fans. You know, they're not going to just give them a cheap product. That's that's nothing that they you know it's just not in their wheelhouse to do that. Um, so they they sought out, um, in my opinion, one of the best uh, best possible people they could could have uh, brought on board, and that was uh, Master Distiller Dave Pickerel. You know, and as as anybody in the whiskey community knows, Dave's had his fingers on so many different great whiskeys out there and great brands. Probably like eighty different. I, rye. I think so. Yeah. At least he did a lot of work in the rye world. So yes. I think we yeah. there are something like eighty different brands that he had some hand in, whether he consulted or actually made it or helped them find it. Right. Dave right. was doing it all. Yeah, and it's so it's so impressive actually just to see how many different brands he's and you know how many how many startups that he's helped um, put on the map and 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 then people have, you know he's consulted with them throughout the years and kept consulting with them so that they would continue to succeed but uh, you know that's what the band you know the band reached out to find first uh, someone who could run the company um, and that was uh, John Bolello John John has had you know experience for many many years in the industry uh, managing uh, and so he he started reaching out and and, and first one of the first people they, they they went after you know went went and asked was Dave Pickerel and Dave as soon as he heard the word Metallica he's like I'm in I'm in the answer is all yes um, which was which is just um, I thought it was phenomenal and I I'd, I'd actually I know um, a guy who's James Hetfield's friend uh, James lives in Vail and he had called me and he said hey what do you uh, James you know this is confidential but uh, you know James is there the band is thinking about making a whiskey uh, what do you know about this Dave Pickerel guy <laughs> and I was like well I mean you don't have to go any further I mean if that's who they're looking at then they've got the they've got the right guy I mean they're they're doing just fine. I said, yeah. if he needs a second, I might be interested, you know. But. Uh, yeah, Dave Pickerel, the father of independent whiskeys in yeah. America, pretty much helped kickstart the whole craft distilling movement in America, really, because of all that consulting and actual instruction of different, uh, you know, master distillers. And, yeah. uh, you know, did you do classes or did he actually teach you anything when you were coming no, up? You know, I, I, so I learned from Jess Graber who started Stranahan's and created Tin Cup. Um, he was my mentor. Oh, that's right. That's but right. I, but I had known um, Dave for years just being on the circuit, but I never worked on a project with him. Mm -hmm. um, that was something that, you know, you know, I wish, I always wish I had had at some point. Mm -hmm. um, he'd worked with so many people. I do know that in the early days, um, he did do uh, some consulting on, on Stranahan. So I know that he had come in and talked to Jess um, about uh, some, of the, some of the process. Um, and that was early on, but I don't think he stayed on for the full consultation. Um, but I know I never got the opportunity to work with him. But I mean, he is, he's the, you know, they call him the Johnny Appleseed of, of, of whiskey in America. You know, he, uh, he really put uh, the craft distilling movement, he put his, his fingerprints are solidly, you know, on, on that. Um, and this yeah, he passed of November of November uh, 1st, yeah. Yeah, of the last year. Yeah, 2018. Wow. I was I was at the Whiskey Fest where uh, where he passed passed away. Um, and it was, you know, I, I was unfortunate that morning I'd seen the, the the ambulance arrive and the paramedics and didn't hear anything until later that afternoon we, you know word got around and it, um, and it was a shock to, you know, to the d distilling community. And I mean, it was just so sudden. Yeah. The way I look at it is, you know, he, he died with his boots on, you know, he, he was at, uh, he was at a whiskey fest, you know, that's, he couldn't have been in a, a, a really a better place doing what he loves, you know, loves doing. Yeah, for sure. 
Um, so he had helped consult on this brand. So did he help um, them find the whiskey, source it, or did he actually go and choose barrels for them? Or how did it, how did it work? So he he created the, so he did source the whiskey. So he was this was with all his relationships he's had throughout the years. Um, so what he did was he um, he went through uh, a variety of different companies. So you know there's there's Tennessee bourbon in there. There's Kentucky bourbon. Uh, there's there's Indiana bourbon. There's Indiana rye. There's Canadian rye. Um, so all these are blended from from um, larger companies that that are really good at what they do. And the way I look at it is that, you know. You can you can make a whiskey that can stand on its own, um, but a, a really good blend is taking all these really great whiskeys and blending them into um, something that's phenomenally different and something that's extraordinary. And I think that's to me that's exciting. You know, I think historically blend was a bad name in the U.S. You know, mm -hmm. it, uh, and that was just because it was the regulations were so loose. Uh, you know, after prohibition, that people were adding neutral grain spirit and. Um, and adding coloring and, and really making some, some pretty crappy products. And so it, had, it always had a, a bad name. And what, one of the ideas that, that Dave had and, I, and that I've, I've been taking up the mantle with is, is bringing that, uh, that identity of, of a blend back into uh, the realm of the light, you know, as, as being a good, a good thing. You know, you look at scotches, some of the, some, some of the greatest scotches out there are, are blended scotches. And mm -hmm. I think... Um, you know, to me, that's the most popular category in the world is blended scotch. Absolutely, it right. It outsells all the category, all other categories of whiskeys combined. No kidding. Well, wow. yes. I didn't know that. That's, I mean, and that's just, you know, it just tells you that you can do extraordinary things with blending and there, there's a finesse to that. There's an art to, to, to creating those blends. And that's, um, you know, and that's one of the reasons that I, you know, after Dave passed away and I was approached, uh, about this project to take over, um, it was it was based on you know what I had done historically with uh, with Stranahan's you know with the Snowflake program where I'd taken that whiskey and I'd cask finished it in a variety of different barrels you know uh, anything from Sangiovese to Madeira to rum and created my own in-house blends of our you know I called it a marriage because I wasn't using any other whiskey it was mm -hmm. a marriage um, and and created that in-house marriage so technically blending different flavors but all the same whiskey yeah kind of like a vatted malt or <clears throat> like what the in scotland they do distillers editions basically right. where it's like you know like uh Bruglati, they do the 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 black arts yeah you, yeah they don't tell you what the combination of different barrels like they're doing all kinds of there's rum barrels in there mixed in you know right right you know recharred barrels different wine casts cat wine casks that have been charred, toasted barrels, all kinds of weird combos. And that's, yeah, vatted malts is what you, or you could call yeah. it, or just like, yeah, a different marriages. Yeah, similar, and, and, and that's what, to me, that's, that's, we start talking that language, I get really excited, because that's like, that's a kid in a candy store, you know, like, okay, all right, distiller select, we're gonna pick this, 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 and you know, that's, you know, when I was making Snowflake, I would, I'd build a little lab at my, my house, and I would, and you know, it might be two parts this, one part this, and three parts this. You know, and I, and I'd always do it by nose and taste, and I'd just keep working on that blend. And um, you know, take me several months to to really create what I was looking for, because I never knew what I was looking for. So let the whiskey tell me that. You know, and that's yeah, that's yeah. what's fun about it. Um, and I think you know that's what Dave started out with 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 Blackened is is really creating something that um, that 
you know, he could be passionate about something that was exciting. You know, the, the band was adamant, like, look, we, we don't know about whiskey. You know about whiskey. We know about music. We'll stick, we'll stick to making music. You do what you do best. And they gave him, they gave him free reign. And, and so, you know, Dave really first, you know, he wanted to start with the best whiskeys and rise, make that blend. And then we did, uh, and then, uh, he, he's always loved Spanish brandy. He calls it black brandy. Uh, because of the darkness of the color of the brandy, mm-hmm. um, and and so we we do our finishing. We uh, finish it in black brandy barrels. And that's where the you know we do the cask finishing in that. So you get all this really nice, uh, amazing um, collaboration of flavors. That, Some grape notes. Is yeah, yeah. Like dark dark fruit characters. Yeah, dark, exactly. Dark fruit. That's what I mean. We should probably drink a little whiskey if we're going to talk about whiskey. Sure. Okay. Or so knows. okay, but yeah. where did we where did we source it from? Or do you guys tell uh, us where where you're getting it? Uh, no, unfortunately, that part's proprietary. But um, okay. but we, they are they are some uh, some of the people that that Dave's had great relationships with throughout the years. Is this rye whiskey? Is this weeded bourbon? Is this it's, traditional so mash bill? Uh, it's bourbon? Tra- yeah, traditional mash bill bourbon. Uh, the rye it's a high rye content. Okay. Um, in and blackened, um, and then the uh, you know the black brandy is is from uh, Spain. So, you know, we do the. So let's stick our nose in this glass and see what's going on. Love these glasses. They're nosing glasses. They're for your nose. So if you just tip your head back really quickly, a bunch of whiskey will go up your nose. Yeah. And then you'll be like, why did I do that? And then you have to kind of like towel your face off, regain your senses, and then stick your nose in the glass, breathing gently (laughs) through your mouth. And that's that's always the... uh, it's always ex- ex- exciting when you when you explain somebody for the first time. And you're like, if you keep your lips slightly parted and breathe in through your nose and your mouth at the same time, and they just get this look of astonishment and wonder on their face, like, oh my god, it's so simple, but it, it really does make a difference. Now I'm curious. I I can smell almost like. Okay, this is going to get crazy because in the brandy world, you can do dosage, you can do a boisé, which is essentially a, a an oak extract right, that right. you can add, and that's legal in the brandy world. Right. So, are these black brandies using that tradition as well? Are they using like a, a boisé to finish with to give it that black color? Because I smell like an intense oak character right, it right is, on top. Right. Like, and th- and this is you know eight year whiskey, but to my knowledge, not that I know of. Um, not to say that that's bad. Yeah, that's right. a legit cognac and brandy tradition like right right you go to france it's not like they're trying to hide the fact that they do boisse you know they're like that's what we, what we do done. that's our process yeah. right exactly um honestly I, I to my knowledge i don't know and that is that is something that i definitely um will dig into because i'm i would i'm curious about that myself so, have you checked out do you know how they make the boisse uh, no. I so uh, it's essentially my understanding of it. And again, when I say things, it's usually stuff that I've learned from other people. I right. didn't actually go to school for whiskey. Sure. It's weird. There's no whiskey university yet. Um, not not in the U.S. anyway. Well, yeah. Well, I but, guess well, there's a Jameson's distilling school got yet. their thing. Or no, the distilling school. Yeah, there's distilling in Edinburgh. but uh. um, No, but uh, so Boisse is when you essentially make a, an oak tincture. Sure. Um, using a high... You're using your same spirit, like you're taking your brandy at a really high proof, like a really extractive sure. uh, brandy, and and then you can use like shavings, you know, from a charred barrel, right. um, and it's, it's essentially make a very concentrated oak extract that yeah. you then like teaspoon your barrels with to give it color, to give it 
uh, flavor and, and even a certain texture because I would imagine, I've never had it just straight, but something that's oak extract oh, would be, be extremely tense, yeah. drying and tannic and like it would probably do something to the structure of the whiskey as well, not just the flavor. Like the mouthfeel might dramatically change because of that. I could absolutely see that. Dry, that super dryness. Sure. You know, like, all right, enough nerd talk. Let's get into this Metallica whiskey. See, they can't, they can't charge me for that. <laughs> They could try, but like, they, what riff was that? That like, come on, they're coming after me. He made fun of our song, you know. It's it's satire, perfectly legal, not taxable. I, I will tell you though, that's, it's been really exciting working with these guys because they they're they're passionate about the whiskey. They're passionate about what we do. They they loved um, the the element of of depth of just whiskey nerdiness that that Dave brought to to the table, and and. Uh, and you know, and, and likewise, they've been um, really excited to, to to work with me on this too. And they're just they're down to earth, humble dudes. Uh, it's been fun, and they're they're passionate about it. And there's there is an element to this whiskey that I haven't talked about yet, where Metallica gets, Metallica um, worked with Dave on the collaboration, and uh, and where they get to put their fingerprints on the on the whiskey. Wow, it is pretty awesome. It it's like uh, got that big oak top, but like plum and mm. like blackberry and then at the end it's almost like um chambord you know it's yeah. got this like like this raspberry black raspberry um liqueur almost it's like sweet without being cloyingly sweet yeah i i almost feel I, if, to me it reminds me of overripe apricot you know like where it's starting to just starting to get um really kind of meaty um it's good. Uh, or it, Almost like a um, daddy like. Yeah, this is a, a and, and what's fun about this is, you know, again, like you're making a meal, you're gonna you're gonna have ingredients that all stand on their own, but when you put them together, it creates something extraordinary and something different. That's what I love about um, kind of the vision behind this. But the cool, the 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 further, I mean, this is where we can get super nerd on 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 the uh, on the barrels because we're so we're going from. Eight years, approximately. We've got some older. We've got some older whiskeys as well uh, in there, but we've got approximately eight-year whiskey in there, and then those were all aged in white American oak. Then transfer them over to the the, the Spanish brandy barrels. We're doing our cask finishing in those, um, and at this point, this is where we are applying uh, a technique that that Dave has been turning in his in his in his thousand-pound brain for years, um, and it was uh, and it's a technique that we that we coined the phrase uh, black noise. And that's a sonic enhancement to the whiskey barrel and uh, to the whiskey inside the barrel. And this this really started with uh, Dave's years as a cadet at West Point. Um, at West Point, there is one of the largest um, uh, pipe organs in in the country, and he he was friends with the uh, with the organist there. And the guy showed him this note. He said, "I can't play this note for very long. I can't sustain it for very long because the whole building starts to vibrate." And he said, "I'm afraid that the, the building is going to um, compromise um, from the foundation up." And he said, "So I can only play it for a short period of time because everything is just moving." And it always stuck with Dave. He said, "He thought, well, why can't you apply that same concept to whiskey? You know, about enhancing the whiskey." And so they started messing around with uh, with a couple of you know a couple of different barrels. They had a control barrel where they didn't do the black noise uh, sonic enhancement, and they 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 have a device that. Um, 
that was was made specifically by Meyer Sound. So Meyer Sound is the sound company that uh, they they create they make all the the uh, music the sound equipment for Metallica and for many other bands as well as. Um, movie sets and, and that sort of thing. They do pro audio kind of stuff. Absolutely. Right? Like, I like mean, they were the, for a home. You can do home install, but they're like super high. Yeah, end. they're like the Rolls Royce of, of audio. Um, I mean, really. Um, you, you ever talk to, to John and Helen Meyer? They're. I mean, they're, it's just amazing just to listen to John. You can see like he's he's just you know they, all the all the synapses are just firing on all on these uh, strange circuit boards and levels. And so he created this propri- proprietary device. We started. Um, uh, started out with the test, and uh, we sent the results off to the lab. And you know, you're looking for you know nine different markers from the barrel, and and when we got the lab results back, it was significantly different than the the barrel that had not had sonic enhancement, but the the barrel that had used the black noise sonic enhancement was significantly higher. All the markers were higher. Um, and, and I wasn't there when Dave got the got the news, but my understanding was that he was he was like a like a just a, a little kid, just laughing. He was beaming. Um, and when I saw the uh, the um, the report for the first time, because um, that was my you know that was one of my first questions was when when they asked me you know if I was interested in working for Black and I said well I want to know about this this black noise I want to know is is this a real thing is this something that actually works because I I hadn't tried anything like that before and I wanted to know the science behind it mm-hmm. and I was blown away by tasting the the two different uh, you know side by side samples and also the um, and and seeing that report when it came back I was I was. I was completely floored by. So is it black noise? You, can you hear it or not? You, when you like crank it on the, it's no. at such a sub level that you correct the human ear can't hear it. Correct. Yeah. So it's played at such a low frequency that the human ear it just sounds like a very low hum, um, and you can you can feel the vibration on the barrel, but it's it just feels like a very low hum. And so that, you know, to me was, um, you know, like if, uh, you know, kind of explaining it in the sense of you've, you've been at a concert and you're standing in front of the speaker um, and you can feel that vibration in your chest. You feel your chest just kind of pulsating with the, with the, the sound waves. Um, that's really, you know, just cranking it to a different level um, at a lower frequency. Um, there's a cool, there's a cool uh, video on YouTube where somebody had a hose running uh, with water coming out of it in front of a speaker and they had a frequency and they were dialing the frequency back and forth and it'll, you can actually see the water move in spirals and you can reverse the spiral. It's fascinating to see what you can do and how you can control uh, um, movement with sound. Wow. Singing to create a new whiskey flavor profile. I think I have a new mission in life. That is so rad. Whiskey by metal. <laughs> well, you have to learn how to sing on a sub frequency, though. That's... I, I think you have to be a Tibetan monk to be able to be able to kind of pull that off that that low range frequency. Exactly. That's called throat singing. You guys didn't know. I I throat sing at home in the bathtub. Nobody knows but me and a select few. Um, wow, going deep. Okay, blackened. Eight years old, sonically enhanced with black noise, possibly involving some boisse. I just throw in the theory out there. You're talking <laughs> about black brandy. Seems like a perfect opportunity to do a little dosage and get it. What do you do when you go to a Metallica concert in your R age? You dosage, bro. Yeah, <laughs> I, I would. Um, I mean, at my age, 
last well, the last one I went to was the the, symf the symphony orchestra, so it wasn't as it was it was loud, but. You do a little dosage. It's I'm just putting it out there, you know. Psychedelic, intrepid qualities are important to have. <laughs> um, wow. So, what is this going to run me in my local liquor store, Rob? You know, I'm I'm out here. I'm guessing probably forty forty six ninety nine, forty seven ninety nine. That is a brilliant... I'm not sure about California prices. We can't call it a straight bourbon, but we can call it blackened bourbon, right? Is that... We call it American whiskey. American whiskey. Yeah, because it is a blend, so mm -hmm. um, blackened black American whiskey. What I... And, oh God, it's, I, love, I love the... I love the sweetness of it, but I love the spiciness of the rye. The rye... I'm a big rye fan. I love, I love high rye, mm -hmm. but I also... Um, I just feel like it's a good a good balance between those two, and I can you can taste those fruity notes from the the dark fruit from the from the brandy. And a, a cool thing about the you know the sonic enhancement, obviously um, the guys have the rights to their music, the band does, so they're playing Metallica music um, at that low frequency, even though you can't hear it. Um, you know each playlist is different. So, for example, we are looking at uh, this bottle is batch ninety two. Each band member takes turns uh, creating a playlist per batch. Uh, so batch 81 was the very first batch ever because that's when the band started. It was in 1981. So they started their batches at 81, and the entire band made a 15-song playlist um, for, uh, for that first batch. What? And then after that, each I, was, I think the next one was uh, 82 was Hetfield, and then the next one was Lars, and so on and so forth. But the cool thing is, is you can go on blacken.com, you, uh, you can look at the, the playlist, you, or you look up the batch number, look at the batch number, it'll have a little Spotify sound wave next to it. You can scan it with your phone uh, and download onto the Spotify and it'll, it'll uh, populate the, the playlist that was played for that batch. I'm doing that. I am going to do that as soon as we are done with this interview. That is rad. It is so much fun. It's it's because you're drinking the whiskey and, and you're listening. listening to the playlist. I've got a new activity. Yeah. I, I've got something to do. Well, and it's... Um, yeah, you know, so some people say, oh, they really like Robert Trujillo. Uh, he's the bass player. They really like his set list because he loves that really just heavy, low, slapping bass. Um, so these are song lists creating flavor profiles. Yeah, yeah. And, and who knows what dark noise really is because there could be aliens involved. There could be like some kind of satanic worship thing or like some demons. This could go in so many directions. I, tell I you don't that, know it, what's it's, happening inside that barrel. What if there's like... There's, it could be bad stuff happening. Well, you know, they, they did that. Um, oh, there was a there was a uh, research where they, they were playing, uh, or you could they were had samples of water, you know, where people right, were shouting right. at the water or playing music to the water, and you could see the actual molecules like changing on a molecular level, and that's you know to me like I, I, I mean this couldn't be more. Um, metal than, than actually has metal. I mean, you know, it's funny. It's like, oh, yeah, Batch 92. I can taste a little bit of, uh, you know, a little bit of lead guitar, you know, have a little guitar string in there. This is like the 10-minute solo of Injustice <laughs> for All. It just goes on and on. Yeah. Um, it's epic. It's pretty fun. Uh, you know, and, the, and that's where the, the band gets to, to really have some fun with it and put their, kind of put their fingerprints on it, you know, just to, to be able to... Um, it, it, it really is a, a truly a collaboration, and that's that's what I think is cool. 
I love it. I love it. It's really great stuff. So now, what's your role? You used to be a master distiller, and now are you t picking up where Dave left off? And now we're going to oversee these whiskeys as they move forward, like Correct, tasting yeah. and like ensuring that the flavor profiles are what everybody's going to be happy about. Absolutely. Um, always, you know, especially when you're working with a blend, you're you know, you're always you're always fine tuning it and dialing it in. And, um, you know, and that's where I was, I was, you know, as a master still at Strain of Hands, I was, I was doing our, I guess, I guess what you consider blending or what I considered a marriage um, at Strain of Hands with the snowflake. And, and with this, it's, it's really exciting to be able to continue to uh, maintain the quality and consistency of Blacken, uh, but also work on some other projects on the side, you know, like uh, um, with the company. So we are, you know, we're, we're looking at other, um, other innovations as well. Cool. So that's, for me, that's, that's where I, you know, that's, I want, I'm, I'm getting room to, I'm getting room to run. I've got an idea. Let's make some jazz whiskey. Absolutely. <laughs> Yeah, man, that's, I think, I mean, there's just so many ways that, that you could go with this. And this is, you know, I think just like any innovation where, you know, there's always, I think initially, um, you know, as people question innovation or there, there's some scrutiny to it, um, and then it becomes the norm, you know, and, and that's where, like, where I think that this is going to go is um, that a lot of people are going to look at the black noise sonic enhancement as a as a, a way to enhance the whiskey it's a cheap way to shake your barrels because think about like you know they did at Jim Beam they were doing the the devil's cut right. where they essentially took that same like machine that you see at Home Depot that shakes up your colors of paint right you do the color matching yep they did that, so they put water, the proofing water that they're going to bring the whiskey down to proof with, they put that into the barrels, and then they agitate the barrels manually, which takes a lot of energy. Absolutely, absolutely. It's it does. like, that's a lot of, like, energy just to shake those right. barrels of water around. But if you're using sound, it's cheap. It's yeah, sounds, sounds, sounds all around us. I mean, that's what you're, and it's amazing how, you know, I think, I think we're still even scratching the surface of what you can do with sound. I mean, I really yeah. feel like there's, there's so much that you can, you right. Know, you think we could make a whiskey that was all Gregarian chants, and everyone would be really nice to each other, like it was Christmas every day, <laughs> like drinking, uh, just like drinking THC. You know, it's something. Get I don't the know. Like chance, we, like we, we <laughs> on an atomic level, we design the whiskey to make people people better. Yeah, take a chill pill. <laughs> take a chill. Take a take a chill dram. Oh my goodness! Yeah. Well, right on. And so tonight in the whiskey society, we're going to you're going to lead us not only through tasting these whiskeys, but uh, in front of a live audience, we'll compare it to some other yeah. American whiskeys as well. Yeah, and I think and that's what's I think that's what's exciting about uh, you know I, I don't just drink my whiskey. You know, I think that's what's exciting is like yeah, drinking other whiskeys um, helps you understand better. Your your you one the own the whiskey that you make, uh, but two, um, just an appreciation for everybody else's process out there. There's so many so many variety of ways, and I really feel like that blends are are coming back in a in a in a better light in in the U.S. You know, and that's why I think some of the other whiskeys that we that we picked um, are are really really fantastic whiskeys, and they're all they're all each each one of them is a blend. Well, what's really interesting is that everybody wants to talk shit on Seagram 7 but if it wasn't for Seagram 7 then none of these wonderful rye whiskeys so many of these rye whiskey <laughs> right. companies that have come to market have done so because of the old Seagram's plant yeah that was then uh, Lawrenceburg distillers and then yep. Midwest grain products and they still were producing whiskeys and they're the ones who were sitting on just warehouses full of 
95% rye whiskey that no right. one else was making. Uh, uh, Larry Olmsted out there, who's now doing the Big Elk brand. Uh, Old Elk. Um, uh, Old, Greg Metzi. Uh, Metzi. Yeah. yeah, but before Greg, it was... Um, before Greg, it was uh, Larry Olmsted was the... Oh. Yeah, yeah. Uh, am I saying is that the right last name? Oh, my poor it's a, whiskey soaked brain. <laughs> it sounds it sounds familiar. Um, and he was the master stiller out there in Indiana forever. And like, right. and and as Dave will tell you, or if he was still around, uh, rest in peace, Dave. Uh, the art of making rye whiskey, especially things like ninety five percent rye mash bills, right. is, is really really hard. Yeah, it's absolutely um, it's it's a difficult. I mean, you got to deal with, you're dealing with pH, you're dealing with, you know, it's a, it's a hardy plant. And that's why rye whiskey was around for so long was because, you know, when they had, when, you know, when they were having crop issues, you know, rye, rye survived, you know, and that's why it's, so for a long time, I think it was considered a cheap whiskey. Um, but what's fantastic about it, it's, it's such a, it's a tasty whiskey. It's a hearty whiskey and it is difficult to make, you know, and, the, and these guys, if you've ever been uh, to that distillery in, in Lawrenceburg, it's, it's enormous, you know, just you know six floors high of of a you know 20 foot round column you know it's yeah. it's and that's a, a series of columns like that yeah it's it's just mind-blowing what they can do um and and produce um such great whiskey out there you know it's, it's they, phenomenal they don't do tours no that's i guess yeah not to the public but you yeah, could generally. if you were like really loaded you could just start your own brand i think you could when i many years ago i checked the mgp site and right. they, they're basically you could order up a batch of whiskey like if you had 20 grand you could like get your own oh just your own private label uh, yeah yeah like like tell us what mash bill we'll just make it it was like you could it was like a form you could do online right like dial, dial order it in. some order some barrels of whiskey right they're just gonna <laughs> yeah. make it for you yeah that's fantastic yeah. yeah and that's where a lot of these companies started out i believe right um i think we got to get you out of here because you've got another event to do yeah uh, you were going to go away and yep, come back. Yep, so. yep, and I'm coming back, exactly. Oh, my. What an awesome conversation. Getting to learn about blackened whiskey, black noise, boisse, <laughs> Metallica's greatest hits, the awesome effect that Dave Pickerel had on the Absolutely. American whiskey market. And uh, we look forward to whatever new experimentations you guys have coming down the road. Thank you, Rob Dietrich, it's my for pleasure. coming in tonight. Cheers. For the Whiskey Society, Spirit Guide Society podcast. Check it out. Cheers. And cheers to Dave Pickerel, huh? To Dave Pickerel. Thank you for listening to the podcast. If you like what you heard, please head over to Apple Podcasts and give us a five-star rating and review. The Spirit Guide Society is a Spirit Adventures production in association with Bitten from the Apple Productions. Special thanks to Tone Mesa for their post-production and audio services. The show is produced by Andrew Apple and me, Pedro Shanahan. Executive producer, Andrew Abrahamson. Be sure to like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Spirit Guide SOC. We'll be there to answer any questions you have, share what we're drinking, and more. And if you're still thirsty, you can always find more episodes of the show wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to always drink responsibly. That means don't drink to forget, drink to remember.